Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. A veritable feast in the program ahead with rugby league, football, golf, basketball, tennis and athletics all on the menu. The Warriors kick off their National Rugby League season. We talk to skipper Simon Mannering. We hear from the Breakers ahead of their Australian National Basketball League finals campaign. Ernie Merrick tells us just why it was a no-brainer re-signing as coach with the Wellington Phoenix. The Auckland golfer Ryan Fox is back playing at home for the first time since becoming the New Zealand's number one. Long jump world record holder Mike Powell leaps into action in Wellington. We also talk Davis Cup tennis with New Zealand playing China. The Warriors begin their 20th National Rugby League season this weekend when they play Newcastle in their opening match of the 2015 campaign. History, though, suggests are unlikely to get off to a winning start. They haven't won their first match of a new season in six years. Skipper Simon Mannering told Alex Coogan-Reeves just why he hopes things will be different this time around. You don't know how um, good your pre-season is until you start playing, and so... You don't really have anything to measure it off. We had a couple of pre-season games, but they can be a little bit deceiving sometimes. But, yeah, it'll be a good challenge for the team. Some new faces in there and exciting times and um, a good challenge in going up to Newcastle for, for, for the first one. So I guess it's all ahead of us and um, it'd be nice to start the season in a, in a positive way. That first game of the season's been a bit of a tough one over the last few years for you. Is, is it an approach thing or... What what do you sort of struggle with going into the, that first game? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Obviously, it's no secret we've got a trend there. We haven't started well, and I guess if we knew what it was, you know, it wouldn't be happening. So, um, like I said, you don't, you don't know how well you're travelling until, we, until you start playing games. You know, everyone thinks they've done, had the best pre-season they've had until you know, the season comes around, and it's about translating that onto the field, and maybe we haven't done that too well in the past to begin with so you know like I said it's a, it's a good challenge for us we've got um, trip up to Newcastle and but you know also a lot of excitement in the squad with you know a number of guys making their debut so um, I guess it's up to the rest of us to make sure it's a memorable one. Is, is part of it all that excitement and trying to channel it in the right way after a long pre-season everyone's just itching to play but you you don't want them to get I guess carried away? For sure um, yeah I guess there's a lot of enthusiasm and Built up um, energy from you know, a long, long pre-season, and um, yeah, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. And obviously, you try and get back to what you worked on through the pre-season and, and put that on the field. So, um, yeah, for us as a group, you know, for the I guess new guys and older guys, it's a matter of sticking to that throughout the game, no matter what happens. And it's a big year for the club, obviously celebrating 20 years, um, almost or about a week and 20 years to the day since they played their first game out here. Do you remember, do you have memories of watching that game yourself? Vaguely, yeah, I remember seeing 
um, seen a bit of the, well, probably watched the game. I was a pretty young fella back then, and um, that was a big occasion for New Zealand and, and rugby league. I used to think that was 20 years ago. Um, that's pretty scary, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a good, great milestone for the club, and hopefully we can um, you know, make it a great year performance-wise also. Now, I guess you've been here for a good portion of that 20 years now. How have you sort of seen the club develop over your time here? Yeah, it's been, um, yeah, I guess um, in my time here, things have changed. Um, some not so good, some good. Um, but I think from then, when I started to now, we're definitely a lot further ahead, um, as, as you know, all NRL teams will be. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's been, a, I guess, a privilege to be able to be at the club for that long, and hopefully we can get a bit, of, bit more success here over the next few years than we have in the past. Is this sort of the level of professionalism, not just in this club, but in all clubs, just even since you've started playing, increased that much more? Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be with all sports. Um, yeah, I guess... I can only comment on rugby league, but yeah, you know, the professionalism, the, the demands, um, you know, the game itself has just grown. Um, gets harder every year. Um, everyone's trying to find that edge to get better, and um, yeah, the good old days are definitely behind us. <laughs> and sometimes you miss them, but um, yeah, you know, that's 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 the way it is now. And if you don't um, want to, I guess, put in all those extra efforts and train as hard as everyone else, then and it's hard to keep up with everyone. I think the club's in, in a good position for the next 20 years as well? Yeah, I hope so. You know, I think um, it's no secret we've had a, bit up, a few up and downs the last couple, but um, you know, feel positive with um, you know, the, the, the direction we're going and you know, and quality of players coming through. Like, you know, we've got four guys debuting this weekend, so um, yeah, there's a lot of um, youth coming through. And, um, I think uh, with Jim Doyle at the helm, you know, he's brought a lot, new, a lot of new ideas and initiative to the club and hopefully we can um, really push forward. That's Warriors captain Simon Mannering talking to Alex Coogan-Reeves. Tonight the Breakers begin their fourth Australian National Basketball League Grand Final Series in the past five years when they play the Cairns Taipans. After a spluttering end to the regular season, the Auckland-based club turned on a strong semi-final series, dismantling the Adelaide 36ers in both games to set up a best-of-three series against the team they overcame to win their first championship in 2011. The Taipans were the form team of the regular season, winning the minor premiership, and they took out the season series against the Breakers 3-1. However, the Breakers are confident they can turn that recent record around to win their fourth title. The power forward Ty Wesley spoke to Alex Coogan-Reeves about his first playoff experience with the club. It's been better than expected, I guess. It's been awesome, you know. Uh, we win the first series in two. We blow them out at home. Uh, we get a little rest and get ready to go to Cairns. You know, it's it's exactly what we wanted. You know, couldn't ask for a better result. And there was so much talk going into the playoffs about what what had happened in the regular season and momentum and all those things and you you sort of just blew that out of the water. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, at the end of the season we didn't finish how we wanted to, but uh, we, we knew we knew we had to make some changes and I think we did that in practice. Um, we kind of came together. We had a meeting where we we broke down some barriers and uh, I think that meeting really helped because you know on the court we were able to communicate the way we wanted to and play the way play defense the way we wanted to. And that just uh, really helped the entire uh, aspect of, of our performance. 
Is and as someone that's been around basketball for years on a lot of different countries and different teams, what's sort of special about this team? And um, you know, this team is uh, is is very close. We're a tight unit, and we really really get along off the court. And and that that goes from each player to to each coach. You know, I can go sit at the table next to anybody, any coach, and uh, and enjoy myself and have a great conversation and and be comfortable. And I think that's that's what what's real special about this team is how well we get along and how well we support each other. And that's uh, you know that's finally coming through on the court too. With, with your own game personally, do you feel it took, maybe it took you a little while to get find your footing in this league, and now you sort of. Uh, you sort of really made a mark in that in that last series. Yeah, you know uh, the first, gosh, the first half of the season almost. Um, you know, I was struggling. I was struggling with my role on the team. I was struggling with uh, with where I fit in and and how I was gonna fit in with the team and in this league. And you know, it was just a, an adjustment period for me. And I was able to not learn so quickly, but but pick it up as we go. And and then I was able to have a, a couple breakout games and and really feel comfortable and. I felt like the team was able to use me a lot better, and and it's just been working out ever since. Was it the idea of playing that bench role that was a bit foreign, or and sort of not knowing where your minutes were coming from? Definitely, you know, um, the fluctuation of minutes was was difficult for me, um, and coming off the bench was a new thing for me. You know, in uh, in my previous teams, I was I was a starter and a go-to guy, and and so changing that role was was hard just because. The uncertainty of when I was going to get in and, and all those things, um, but you know I, fi- I fit in really well and I've I've been able to uh, adapt to that role and and uh, and embrace it and it's been it's been good for us. And now you sort of your numbers the last couple of games you're sort of contributing right across the board with you're not just scoring for yourself you're creating more is that just feeling more comfortable with all the guys on the team? Definitely, you know, getting the ball in my hands, uh, being able to distribute and. Uh, and just get that feel, you know. When your ball's in your hand, you get the feel for the game. You get the feel for how you're going, and and that just goes, uh, you know, goes a long way. How do you feel you sort of match up with with that team? Obviously, they've got a lot of guys that, big guys that can shoot and things like that. Makes it a tough matchup. I think we match up really well with them. I think uh, I think we've proven that we're the best two teams in the league throughout the year, and uh, you know they're they're tough. You know they're a lot like us, where they have guys coming off the bench that are, their bench is deep. You know, they're a deep team, and, and that's what's really carried them through. And, and I feel like that's a lot like us. So it's going to be a battle. You know, it's going to be it's not going to be easy by any means. But uh, to go in there and to uh, to get a win that would be real real big for us, and that's that's where our focus is. And where would a championship with this team sort of rate in your list of career achievements? And your current season is the most important, most valued. You know, so it'd be right there on the top. The Wellington Phoenix coach Ernie Merrick has signed on for a further three years, despite the club only having another year to run on its current A-League licence. The club are hopeful their future in the Australian competition will be confirmed by the end of the current season, but the uncertainty hasn't deterred Merrick. Merrick's assistant, Chris Greenacre, has also signed on for three more years. I caught up with Ernie Merrick and asked him just what it was that's kept him in Wellington. I've been in a, around this league for eight seasons and uh, I think uh, I know the FFA are pretty happy with our performance and what we do and the fact that we don't rely on any handouts and um, we're producing good players and 
I think uh, our team are more competitive than ever, but even in the past they've been very competitive. So, so I, I, it's not the sort of team you would allow to leave this league. I think they want to build the league, I don't think they want to reduce it. Does it feel more stable than many of the other environments you've been in? Um, well, my six years at uh, Victory it was a very stable period. There was a change in the last year, I understand, but Victory are one of the biggest clubs if not the biggest, uh, the, the turnover, the quality of the players I have, the massive crowds, membership. So I, I've been fortunate to be a part of, of two terrific clubs. Coming here, how has it unfolded as you would have liked? Is, how, how different was it coming to Wellington than you might even have expected? Well, it, the toughest job a coach has to do in the first year is, is move some players on and then re-sign quality players. You have to have a budget to do that. You have to be able to manage it in the press. As you can imagine, it, it can be very difficult. Some coaches are going through that at the moment. So the first year is always tough. Um, I targeted the type of players that I wanted to sign. The club allowed me to sign those players. And you can see from, I think we've gone 11 or 12 games now, we've only lost two. So we're, we're certainly producing good quality football. Not always with the end result we want, but um, we're heading in the right direction. And as a coach, you're always impatient about you know, having success, but I think we're, we're on track, if not a bit ahead of where I expected to be, but the first year was always going to be tough. What about personally the adjustments you've had to make? Oh, easy. Uh, it's very simple to socialise. Uh, here in, in New Zealand, everyone's friendly. Uh, all the cities we've been to have been welcomed. Uh, I enjoy the lifestyle of Wellington, and the, the little restaurants and the uh, the wines, and uh, it's just, I've, I've never socialised with so many people in such a short period of time, and board members, everyone's just so friendly, so it, it's been an easy adjustment, and our, our family, Kelly and I, the kids are three hours away, so it's pretty easy for them to jump on a plane and come over, so I don't feel as though I'm, I'm in a different country, it's almost, it is a different country, I know, but it's not that far away from where the kids are. And so the challenges you might have anticipated... Have they? Yeah, there have been coaching always presents lots of challenges and changes, and and you have to be, you have to not get carried away with the, the successes or or get down over you know when things don't go right. And last weekend was, I mean, we were playing probably the best team in the league. The bus didn't turn up. We had to get taxis to the game. Uh, I mean, I could tell you a whole range of other farcical things that happened. Everyone just took it in their stride. No one got bothered bothered about it. We gave away a penalty and then we conceded a couple of goals, but we just kept on with our purpose. And, and to me, that's a sign of a good team. Now you've signed on for a further three years. Do you see it going beyond that, or is this the end of your coaching career? Oh. Where, where do you see things going from there? <laughs> one step at a time. Uh, three years is a long time in football, which will be five in total. I was six at my last club. Again, I've been very fortunate. So I'll just uh, take this first step next three years and see how we go. Other offers? Well, were there a few? Uh, I, no, not really. No, I, there wasn't really too much said. Um, I, I really rather not go into it because it just encourages more questions. <laughs> you obviously, you obviously feel comfortable here, though. Uh, very comfortable. I, I like where I live. I like the people I deal with, and I'm ambitious. And I know that I've, I'm, we are all building a team that's going to achieve something. And, and to to get in it, sort of almost scratch with a new board, new supporters. Uh, 
as in supporters, sponsors, a lot of new sponsors. I almost feel as though it's the beginning of something again, and uh, that's, that's quite exciting. So how far off is the silverware? I wouldn't put a deadline on it, otherwise I would be putting a lot of pressure on uh, our players. They'll decide on their objectives and, and everything they've, they've set out to achieve. We're right on track. We haven't achieved it, but we're on track to achieve it, so I'll leave it to the players to decide on those. I was talking to Wellington Phoenix coach Ernie Merrick. The Auckland golfer Ryan Fox is back playing at home for the first time since becoming the New Zealand number one. Fox is sitting just outside the top 200 in the world golf rankings following his recent win at the Queensland PGA Championships. He's playing in this week's New Zealand PGA Championships at the Rimuera Golf Club before heading to Queenstown for the New Zealand Open next week. Fox spoke to Alex Coogan-Reeves and told him he's relishing the rare opportunity to play a professional event in his home city. It's fantastic. I mean, you know, we get to play a few Charles Tour events, um, in Auckland, or a couple of Charles Tour events each year in Auckland, but it's, you know, nice to play an Aussie Tour event. And um, I live in Ellerslie, so two minutes down the road, you know, it's nice to stay in my own bed. How nice is it for you coming back to play a couple of tournaments in New Zealand in a bit of form? Well, one recently and that move up in the rankings. Yeah, it's it's obviously great. I mean, the the win was nice. I played well the first couple of weeks, and I was you know, leading the Vic PGA going into the last round, and, and you know, sort of got run over. And you know, kept nice to keep that form up into Toowoomba, and um, you know, hopefully I can keep it going the next two weeks. And you know, we've got a lot of Kiwi guys playing well, um, so you know, you know, regardless if I play well or not, it'd be nice to get a couple of Kiwi names on both the on both the trophies. And just how good is it? as a New Zealand player, to come and be able to play in some big events with Australasia status in New Zealand. For a few years, the tournaments were quite diminished. Yeah, I mean, obviously, to have one in Auckland's fantastic. You know, we've got the population base here. It'll be great for me. I've got a lot of friends who um, would probably like to come and see me play in a tournament, which they haven't had a chance to do. And then, you know, um, New Zealand Open's been getting bigger and bigger every year, and... um, we all look forward to playing that and there's a bit to do with the Japan tour over there and you know this it can open some open up some opportunities up in Japan um, you know so it's just great to be in New Zealand in front of the, the home crowd and and be able to play a couple of a big a couple of big events and how much is that link with the the Japanese tour a, a sort of carrot for the New Zealand Open next week obviously that tour is sort of growing and becoming quite lucrative yeah I mean it's obviously one of the Sort of, you talk about the big tours in the world, and you know, obviously the PGA and, and Europe dominate that. But um, Japan's right up there, both in terms of world ranking points and in terms of um, the money they play for each week. And um, you know, it's a great tour to play. I've spoken to Mike a lot about it, and you know, to just get an opportunity to, to play it there if you win the New Zealand Open in a few events, and, and it's some of their bigger events, from what I understand. You know, it, it's a great opportunity. And what sort of goals have you set yourself after sort of that, that rise up the rankings? Is, is Asia where you're going to look to go and play or do you want to have a crack in America? Yeah, I'll, from last year um, I, sh- I should get final stage of Europe Q-School and final stage of web.com Q-School. So um, I get, I, as far as I know, they, those two don't clash, so I should be able to go to both of them. So I, I guess um, the focus is just to get this year with that opportunity to try to get on a bigger tour, whether it's web.com or Europe, um, I guess I'm not really too fussed, it's just um, yeah, just to get that opportunity would, is really, would be really nice. Ryan Fox talking to Alex Coogan-Reeves.
While New Zealand's top athletes will be competing at the National Athletics Champs in Wellington this weekend, much of the attention will be centred around an older American. The long jump world record holder Mike Powell will compete at the event as he attempts to break the world master's long jump record of 6.84 metres in the 50-54 to age group. Powell set the long jump world record of 8.95 metres in 1991 and it's one of the longest standing records in athletics. The 51-year-old Powell has been away from competitive jumping for 12 years but he told the BBC that he feels good about his chances. Mike Powell having just seen Carl Lewis jump that wonderful, wonderful 8 metres and 91. We really went for that one. That's huge! And just looking at the wind speed gauge, that's legal. So if that's anywhere near 890, it could be a world record. Oh my goodness, 8 metres 95. That is history in the making. That's a world record by 5 centimetres. Mike Powell setting the long jump world record in 1991. This year, it will be 24 years old. But Powell isn't done with breaking records. At the age of 51, he wants another one. Later this week, competing in New Zealand, he'll make an attempt on the Masters world record for his age group. He says that since retiring, jumping is something he's never really left behind. It may not have been very high jumps or very long jumps, but um, you know, when, if you if you talk to a jumper, sometimes a jumper, the, we we look at the world in a different way. We look at things like I can jump over that, I can touch that, I can do that. So uh, if you get a bunch of jumpers together in a room, you'll see. <laughs> so how did you first get this idea to make an attempt on the Masters world record? Well, I, I always knew that I was going to run Masters um, because I just I remember when I was competing, I saw a guy at the track one day and I thought to myself, ah, oh, this guy must be about 60 something years old. And he's out here running the 300 meter hurdles and he's running masters and he took his shirt off. And I was like, wow, I mean, this guy's got more abs than I've ever had. He said, I'm 73. And I said, oh my gosh, you're my new idol. You know, and that's when I was in my early thirties. I was just finishing my career. So um, I knew it was going to come one day. It's great to hear you speak like that because I think generally in track and field, once elite athletes retire, that's it. There's no seniors tour where we would find, say, tennis players coming out and playing again. And the reasons people might give, things like diminishing returns, they, they're worried about, I don't know, tarnishing their, their legacy. But what's made you so determined to, to buck a bit of a trend among your peers, among the elite athletes, and say, I am going to come out and I am going to do this again? I'm a track geek. I just happen to be a world record holder. You know, I love the sport. You know, I've been coaching ever since I stopped um, competing. And um, it's a part of me. I love the sport. And um, so for me, I just, I feel like I have to do it because I, I want to go out there and play. And then finally, uh, a year and a half ago, we're in Japan. We're doing an event with myself and, and Carl Lewis. And I, was, I had to jump. And I didn't realize I had to really jump. And, and it was an embarrassing thing. I was about 112 kilos. And um, and that was a pretty sad sight. And I decided I was going to lose my lose the weight, and and uh, if anything, just lose the weight. I ended up losing thirty thirty um, kilos, and now I'm at um, I'm eighty two right now. It's only two kilos above what I competed at, and uh, I feel great. And um, I just want to go out there and have some fun. And we should make it clear: you're not. This isn't a Masters event that you're going to compete at. This is. You've been invited to compete at the New Zealand Track and Field Championships. That's 
that's juniors, that's senior athletes, that's people coming into the prime of their career and people who are at, at their peak as good as they're ever going to be. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the Masters is going to be something that I do at some point, but, I mean, at the level that I'm going to be coming in at, I'm going to be you know breaking records from the very beginning. So um, I'm going to need competition that's going to pull me to go further. So how far do you need to jump to to set the world record in the first place? The Masters record for my age group for 50 to 54, which is funny for you to say that I'm 50 years old, <laughs> but um, is uh, 6 meters 84. And, um, you know, without training, that would be a daunting task, especially being as heavy as I was. And, and now, with the way I've been, I've been training now for over a year, and, um, you know, I just learned that it's not an easy thing because, you know, you, you start going and then you realize, oh, I, you get a little hurt, takes a little longer to recover, you have to be a little bit smarter. But um, throughout this whole process, I've kind of learned patience and learned how to fall in love with the process. So I've just gotten to learn to appreciate my body and appreciate, you know, what I can do. Your love of jumping and your love of the sport has never been in doubt. What's the, what's the, the bigger impact that you want your, your quest, if you like, to have on, on, on track and field in general? I just want to bring a positive story. You know, I want to bring something good back, you know, and, and um, I, just, I, just, I feel like I can do my part by, by doing that. And, and, and even more so bigger than track, I just want to show that 50 years old is, 50 years is not that old. We'd love to get you back on to find out how you do. I'm going to get that record. I don't care if I have to hurt myself and, and hamstrings popping and whatever else. I'm going to get out there. <laughs> on Saturday, Powell will come up against the current New Zealand champion, Matthew White, who has a personal best of 7.67 metres. Val Adams isn't competing at the Nationals this year as she continues her recovery from surgery. However, Tom Walsh and Jack O'Gill will clash in the men's shot put while former Olympic silver medalist Nick Willis will contest the 1,500 metres. Davis Cup Tennis returns to Auckland, with New Zealand playing China in their Asia-Oceania group tie this weekend. There's plenty at stake with the winners of the tie to play India in July, while the losers will have to contest a relegation tie later in the year. Ruben Statham and Michael Venus will play in the singles rubbers, while Artem Sitak and Marcus Daniel team up in the doubles. Alex Coogan-Reeves caught up with SeaTac, who's recently risen to a career-best doubles ranking of 51. Really happy to be back and really happy to that the ties in Auckland and um, hopefully a lot of people will, uh, will come and support us on the, on the weekend. And um, I think it will be a very interesting, it will be a very close tie and uh, the home court advantage will, will help us, I think. Obviously against the Chinese, you've had the advantage over history, but they've um, won the last couple. Uh, yeah, well, they have a very strong team, and uh, we played them last year. They had uh, pretty much identical team, and um, they're, they're, they're good players. They're top two singles players, uh, have beaten uh, guys in the top 100 regularly. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a tough match, but I think, I think we can do it. How much does that help having recent experience against them? So oh, I guess often in these things you're playing against guys that you haven't haven't seen much of. Uh, well, but then we know them well. We know them well. Uh, we see them in tournaments all the time. They they play the same tournaments as us. So uh, I think uh, we're gonna have a good game plan, good tactics, uh, and um, yeah, hopefully it will all, it will all work out. And um, for you personally, playing in the doubles, you've got a pretty uh, strong combination with Marcus. You've played with him lots now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we play really well together, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can get that uh, uh, crucial point in doubles because uh, often uh, doubles can can switch the momentum of the tie. And uh, um, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be focused on Saturday, and uh, hopefully the the boys will. Uh, will do well on a Friday and uh, give us the confidence boost for Saturday. And is it the same combination that you played in the doubles last time you played them as well? Uh, no, their uh, uh, doubles guy actually didn't show up here. Um, I don't know why, he, maybe he got injured. Uh, but they're still strong, uh, they're still really strong. So Zizang was going to have to play uh, three days, which is good, always good because uh, he might get tired, you never know. <laughs> Um, yeah, those guys are strong, but uh, we know what to do to beat them. So it'll be your job to try and tire him out on the yeah. second day so that he's yeah. uh, not so good in the reverse yeah, singles. Exactly, exactly. We're not going to think about that, but uh, yeah, that, uh, that could be a, an advantage for us, yeah. And just on your own game, you must be um, pretty happy with how you've been going up to a career high in doubles as you've sort of converted yourself over the last couple of years to a more of a double specialist. Yeah, uh, yeah well, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with how this year is going already and uh, I've had some good results already and I just, I just want to keep going up from, from here. Um, I'll still play, play singles whenever I can, but th this time it's going to be only ATP events because I'm only going to be playing ATP events and doubles now. Um, but yeah, really, really happy with the way things are going, how I'm improving, and uh, hopefully I can keep keep going up. Does that make it a lot harder to hone your singles game when you are? It's, I guess it's harder to get into events if you're there at ATP events rather than challenges. It's it's, it's harder to get in, uh, but if you do get in, I'm I'm going to enjoy it a lot playing singles, especially in the big events, and I'm going to be uh, very relaxed and you know not not worrying about too much about, uh, too much about the result because. I know I have a back, a doubles as a backup if, if I don't do well in singles. So uh, uh, yeah, lo I'm actually looking forward to this year because uh, if, if I get into a few singles events, it would be it would be a lot of fun. So is doubles sort of a nice security, I guess, something that you can always fall back on, and yeah. the singles is sort of sort of the bonus that you. Yeah, singles singles is the bonus at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and um, I'll be focusing on doubles because uh, I'm doing really well there. And uh, and I know I can go. I can be better. I can go higher in the rankings and uh, aim aim. You know, top thirty, top twenty. You know, I, I can. I know I can do that. So um, yeah, but singles is a good bonus. <laughs> and it's and it's making I guess a real strength for this Davis Cup team having strong doubles players. Yeah, yeah, of course, because uh, the other teams they they know that and they know that uh, they're gonna have to win singles matches because. Uh, it would be tough for them to win a doubles match, so I think that put, puts pressure on them, and uh, that's good. That's good. That's good for us. And obviously, a lot on the line with this result. You don't. You don't want to be going into a relegation scenario. You'd rather be trying to go the other way and maybe yeah. getting to play one of the top teams in a promotion. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to be going to relegations. Yeah, we we did that a few times already. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. We, I think we have a good chance and. Uh, if we, if we get through here, uh, it's all going to be just, just positive from, 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 from there. That's Artem Sitak talking to Alex Coogan-Reeves. And that brings us to the end of Extra Time for another week. Remember, if you wish to contact us, you can email us at sport at radionz.co.nz or you can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.